of course, if you don't know, modern day debate doesn't care about any of your background, your, uh, you know, religious beliefs, sexual orientation, none of that really matters. Racism, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the ideas and the arguments. All right. So in a minute, we're going to get started. And of course, we agreed to having our vegans go first. They'll present with 20 minutes. They'll share that time. Uh, and then we have 10 minutes each for Cass and David. Uh, David will start that next round. And then we'll do uh, 60 minutes of open discussion. And we'll get to your questions. So let's start right now. Let's get it going. All right. Hey, guys. I'm Anna. And I'm Brian. We are Those Annoying Vegans. And we are vegan activists. And veganism is, by definition, it's a lifestyle that seeks to exclude animal exploitation as far as what is possible and practicable. And something that we have realized uh, is that many people confuse veganism for a variety of other things. People think that veganism is a diet, for example. We hear that a lot, a vegan diet. Um, but no one has ever really been able to explain what a vegan diet is because veganism is a belief. It's the belief that animals... Uh, animal use for food or for clothing or for entertainment, uh, for laboratory testing or for any other purpose is wrong. And so when we're arguing for veganism, we are arguing for animal rights. And of course, ethics and morality, they are complex topics. But when we're discussing morality, we're generally talking about uh, maximizing well-being, minimizing pain and suffering, uh, striving for fairness, equality, freedom, choice, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's effectively the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Um, <laughs> now, a significant trait to consider when we're dealing with morality is sentience. To be sentient, it means to have a subjective experience of life. Um, human beings are sentient. We experience love, pain, joy, sadness, curiosity, fear, um, anxiety, and sorrow. And each one of us perceives the world around us in our own unique way. We are sentient. Uh, Non-human animals, they're sentient too. The Cambridge Declaration on Consciousness was drafted in 2012 by a prominent international group of cognitive neuroscientists. And they concluded that human beings are not unique in possessing the neurological substrates that generate consciousness. So non-human animals, including all mammals and all birds, which are the animals that people eat, and many other creatures like uh, octopuses, they also possess these neurological substrates. <laughs> you can continue. UPS, okay. sorry. Gosh, darn it, timing. It's okay. You can just let, let them leave. It's okay. uh, oh, they're here no, to get the, the, the pot. Hold on one second. Now, non-human animals, they have personalities. They have preferences. They communicate with us, and they communicate with each other. They, too, have a subjective experience of life. And since we value sentience in the human context, in order to be morally consistent, we must also value it in the non-human context. And so if it is morally wrong to needlessly take the life of a human animal, it is also morally wrong to, take, to needlessly take the life of a non-human animal. Unless a person, uh, of course, asserts that discrimination based on species is morally okay. However, discriminating based on species is just as arbitrary as discriminating based on race, uh, gender, sexual preference, or any other trivial reasons that we discriminate against one another. Right. Um, and to add to that, so what that is called essentially, what, what veganism seeks to combat is something called speciesism. 
This is the discrimination of certain animals purely based on species. Uh, there is no consistent metric by which we employ speciesism. As the oppressors, we simply pick and choose which animals we love and which animals we exploit and murder. In the United States, for example, we murder pigs by the millions. We rape cows to keep them constantly impregnated and producing breast milk. And we kill baby male chicks on their first day of life simply because they don't lay eggs. And so they're considered a waste product by the egg industry. Yet we treat dogs, cats, dolphins, bald eagles very differently. And, you know, different cultures pick and choose the, the different species to love and exploit. You know, in, in other countries, for example, dolphin is a delicacy. We consider that to be horrendous for the most part. Uh, so people tend to look at non-human animals through their eyes and not the animals. That's the problem. But when dealing with issues of justice, we must always examine the situation through the eyes of the victim. Lastly, uh, since there is not a single nutrient found in animal flesh or the stuff that comes out of their bodies that cannot be found in a non-animal source, it is not an unreasonable statement to say that animal products are unnecessary for human health, which means we choose to eat them. And so it also means we choose to enslave, exploit, mutilate, rape, murder animals needlessly for just temporary pleasure. So by purchasing animal products, hold on one second. Uh, hold on one second. I'll, I'll pause your time, so I'm, I'm not going to interrupt your time. But I'm, I'm getting some type of weird feedback. Yeah, I'm hearing uh, it too. Yeah. Is that uh, us? Is that us? I'm not sure. Does somebody need to turn their mic off? Do you have your mic on, David? No. All right. Uh, you guys, I, you I don't hear it right now. So yeah, let, let, let's start it back up again. I'm gonna start your, your time back up. Y'all still got a good uh, 15 minutes and 30 seconds, uh, more um, or less. So uh, yeah, we're yeah, we won't need that. No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> that's cool. done. So, well, whenever y'all ready, y'all good, and then we could pass it over. But I'm I'm gonna resume your time right now. All right. So uh, sorry for interrupting you again. No, no worries. Um, I guess so. What this all comes down to is that by purchasing animal products we one is financially supporting and causing needless suffering and death just for mere minute for mere minutes of sensory pleasure and we as vegan activists alongside so many others want this to end so you know living a vegan lifestyle is about the least we can do we are the only ones with the power to stop it which means we have the responsibility to do so and Mostly every single person already agrees with veganism. So we're just trying to get people to align their actions with their values. And that is that is what I have to say. That's what we have to say. Awesome, awesome. All right. Uh, all right. So we're going to uh, pass uh, the mic over to the other side. We'll start with David. Let me just get your time right because I'm going to give you uh, 10 minutes. All right. So let me, uh, all right. And you can, so, oh, and if I didn't mention before, all of our speakers uh, have, uh, y'all got YouTubes, uh, uh, correct? You have YouTubes and Twitters. All your information is uh, should yeah. be in the description below. All right. So if, if anybody out there want to uh, just uh, continue on with the thought and, and, and just see what else uh, these speakers are talking about, uh, please be sure to uh, check out there, uh, check them out in the, in the link below. 
All right, David, go ahead, do your thing, man. I'm gonna start the time right now. Okay, good evening, one and all. It's good to be back here. Thank you to Tennis for joining me. Thank you, Brian and Anna, for coming to debate. And thank you to Modern Day Debate for hosting us what I'm sure will be a fun, even if heated debate. So I'm going to jump right into it. From my side, I state and claim the consumption of food is like sex. It is a non-moral action. By this I mean, just like having sex or going to work, the eating of food does not make one a good or a bad person. The actions themselves just are. So what does need to be stressed is that with all, within all these three frames, there are ways in which to conduct oneself and it can show us the morals of and the ethics of the person. To stress the point, there is something to be said about the manner in which the food has arrived at your plate, and therein lies the rub of it. Veganism, as I understand it, pertains to the ethical treatment of animals. If that is, animals ought not be exploited, abused for entertainment, food, clothing, etc. Though I do get the inkling that the conversation will most likely revolve around food and food production. For me, the whole process of food production is non-moral. People need to eat, and that is about it. I cannot and should not be held accountable for the actions of another person, the person that beats the animal while it is alive to be specific. I would be happy to stop buying my meat from a store that sources its meat from a place that engages in such acts. That is to say, the owner or managers have not fired the person who was abusing the animal. And before I end this part, I do need to state that I've done my best to avoid appealing to nature and going to the is or fallacy. For me, the consumption of food and the whole process involved is non-moral. It simply is. But let's talk briefly about non-animal farming and the working conditions. China is the largest producer of rice. I get the feeling it's a fair assumption that the working conditions are leaning towards the worst possible life. There are a variety of articles on the conditions in India for rice farmers. Rice might be fairly boring. So what about avocados? Production of avocados in Mexico have been linked to the Max Templar cartel. What major other major avocado producers are in South America, are we going to delude ourselves into thinking that they have ethical working conditions? Even the whole fair trade label has gone awry with, with the supposed betrayal of its core principles. Fair Trade USA allowed big plantations to become FDA certified, which was against its founding principles. The short of this is that there are humans, fellow sapiens, suffering and being led down the worst possible life as a result of farming. Though I would be disingenuous, if I said that I cared more, more about those farmers and their workers, more than the animals. I really do not spend much time worrying about the plight of a Guatemalan coffee farmer, nor about the cow that I will eat. If those are my views, then why am I here? What do I hope to gain out of this? I suppose that I'm hoping to find some common ground with my interlocutors. As much as I think that it is safe to say that we both want to maximize well-being and minimize suffering as much as possible. So I'm unconvinced that they have a practical and sustainable way forward. But chiefly, let's say that in the coming elections, that is 2024, and Brian and Anna both run for the presidency, they put in a major effort and they are somehow elected into the office. My question would be, what policies would they implement and how would they wield their power? And with that, I yield my time. Okay, I was muted. Sorry about that. All right, so we, we still had a lot left, a uh, lot left on the time, but I'm gonna uh, reset it. And go ahead, Cass. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. On your first word, I'll start the time up. All right. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Kaz of the Factitionalist Network. 
I believe in facts and I want to form a coalition of people who share my belief and wish to fashion our society from its basis. If you hate bias, especially your own, then you are like me and we can build together. So send me an email and let's network. Factitionalism is a simple philosophy and there is more, enough, more than enough room for vegans and carnists alike. I have three main contentions with veganism. Uh, they are in three categories. Uh, I'm sorry, practical, moral, and medical. Let me get to my first con uh, category, practical contentions. Carnism is a form of invasive species management. I would like to ask my interlocutors if, following up on the previous debate they had on modern day debates, did they ever receive the data from Smoky Saint about the ecological management of deer culling? Uh, I found an article, and I have shared it in my uh, reference list, of wild cows running crazy in, uh, in California. Apparently, that this is a real issue. Cows that are wild attack uh, human beings out in, on, on public trails and whatnot. I've linked research, a research article showing that our livestock are not just food. Uh, livestock recycle more than 43 billion kilograms of human inedible food and fiber processing byproducts, converting them into human edible food, pet food, industrial products, and 4 billion kilograms of fertilizer. Vegan agriculture is insufficient. Modeled plant-only agriculture produced 23% more food, but it met fewer of the U.S. population's requirements for essential nutrients. Vegan agriculture would create a food supply incapable of supporting the U.S. population's nutritional requirements. My second category, moral contentions, as with my previous debates, I remain unconvinced that veganism is a moral system that acknowledges and addresses our moral responsibility to the currently farmed species. I would like for my opponents to acknowledge that we are responsible to these species from a, from a conservationist perspective. What is our moral responsibility to the animals which we have co-opted? I want to talk about uh, moral consideration. Dogs and cats are capable of comprehending be it con by conditioning, a rudimentary morality, good dog, bad kitty, etc. We allow them to cohabitate with us, roaming free within our burrows. We extend to them a similar moral consideration to that of a human being because we trust them. You know that your dog will not eat your baby. You don't have the same faith for your pet snake, so you keep it caged. They can't comprehend any form of morality. We do the same with humans. Human animals that cannot learn the minimal morality we have enshrined into law are caged or terminated. And indeed, you would not allow a human animal with whom you've never spoken a single word to play alone with your toddler. Our category for moral consideration is not human. It is person. People are who we give moral consideration to, not murderers, not rapists, not monsters. Some humans treat other humans with the moral consideration of an animal. And for that, they earn for themselves a punishment functionally identical to the consideration we give animals. Not to say that this is always right, but if there is speciesism taking place here, it's not on our side. It is on the side that arbitrarily draws the distinction between life forms and decides that some are edible and others are not. Life eats life. And the difference between plants and animals that you use to justify veganism is no different morally than the one that most carnists use to distinguish between animals and humans. I've also linked articles demonstrating the fact that agriculture causes animal death, period. The level of plant production required to provide a plant-based diet for the population will require us to continue to large-scale farm, excuse me, will require us to continue the large-scale farming practices we currently employ, which requires the deaths of many animals who call crop fields their homes. Mice, gophers, groundhogs, pheasants, bunnies, possums, doves, rats, house mites, 
bull, and numerous species of amphibians, not to mention the insects. If we measure harm in terms of the total number of lives taken, then vegan farming may prove to surpass even husbandry in terms of suffering and cruelty. More needless than the killing of cattle and pigs, for at least we use those corpses, their deaths are not in vain, but a rabbit whose head is removed by a plow is of no utility to us. The third category, medical contentions. We evolved to eat meat. As part of our diet, our bodies require certain nutrients that are not found in abundance in plant resources. Uh, choline, the highest content of that is in shiitake mushrooms. You need nine servings of that to equal what you would get from two servings of beef or three eggs. There are at least seven other nutrients, taurine, heme iron, DHA, which is very important for infant brain development, vitamin D3, carnosine, vitamin B12, and creatine. Supplemental, supplementation requires artificial and or highly processed nutrients. Whether a cause for concern or not, people have the right to choose not to consume artificial or processed nutrition. If it is a fact that all ingredients and products, for, excuse me, it is a fact that ingredients and products from all industries have proven deadly, even when scientifically attested to by prominent scholars. And I also have research which shows that meat eaters tend to have better psychological health than vegetarians. How much time do I have left? Can't hear you. Sorry. We got about four minutes and 50 seconds. Okay, so um, I just have some more questions here. That's my, I time myself for five minutes, but I do have some more questions I want to ask you guys. I'm just going to get them out here while I have the floor. Um, if your morality is based on well-being versus suffering, do you agree that some suffering proves to be beneficial to both individuals and societies? For instance, if hypothetically we could grow ears or other prosthetic body parts on the backs of mice or using pigs for parts and goats to practice and then using all that knowledge and experience to save the lives of innocent human children, do you really condemn that suffering those animals endure as a net immorality? And with that, I yield the floor. All right, with time to spare. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we're going to go into our open discussion. It looked like we may have lost David. Uh, hopefully, he uh, he make his way back to us. Uh, he came all this way from uh, from Israel, so we need him. We need him back. <laughs> all right. Uh, so hit. Few seconds, or yeah. Well, we can we can get started and open debate. Uh, when he comes in, we'll just uh, summarize what we said in the meantime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can start touching on some of the points that you brought up, Cass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. By all um, means. But I was taking notes. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see what we want to cover first. Oh, to, what did I write here? <laughs> did we cows? I, I skipped a word. Um, we can talk about agriculture, sure. which is one of the first points you brought up, um, and uh, crop deaths. Yeah. I mean, that, that's let's start there. I have found some sources that were saying that uh, any agriculture that you practice, even mm -hmm. uh, plant-based, is going to result in deaths of animals because fields are natural homes for millions of animals. So yeah. uh, as opposed to feeding, and I think this was a subject that is in one of your other debates too, which is why I looked into it further. Um, yeah, mice, gophers, groundhogs, pheasants, bunnies, et cetera, et cetera. Those lives matter too. Um, sure. And if yeah. you want the entire world to go vegan, then... I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's your goal. If that is what you want, and we all do that, then we have to grow way more crops. Even if it's less land used than we would use for animals, it's still more land than we have now, 
which means more animals being killed. We have to use the big industrial plows, et cetera, et cetera. They have to crush the land. They have to pulverize the dirt and chop off the heads mm -hmm. of the bunnies, et cetera. How do we stop doing that? How do we go to a totally vegan farming? Is there any well, plan for that? Firstly, I mean, of course, sure. It, it'd be ideal for the entire world to go vegan. We're not sure that that's going to happen. Just like it'd be ideal if the entire world were not racist, but you know, that's, that's, that's an ideal goal. But what we're seeking to do is progressively eliminate as much animal suffering as possible. And mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Animals die in crop harvesting. Uh, we have to also take into account the food that is grown to feed all the farm animals, uh, cows, you know, soy, grasses, uh, pigs, corn, corn. Yeah. So there will be crop deaths, uh, also in, when it comes to animal feed, mm -hmm. um, and then the other point was, uh, well, I would just well, argue that we're already growing enough oh, right. food to feed 70 billion land animals annually. And there's only seven and a half billion people on the planet. So is that mine? It's all of the animal agriculture that we're doing right now, that figure. What's that? That whatever source that comes from, that we are growing enough food to feed everyone right now, does that in, does that not count any animal agriculture whatsoever in its figures? Does that no? I'm saying we grow enough plants to we feed plant, the herbivores yeah, that, that we eat, okay. and we know that because all the herbivores that we eat are eating plants. There he is. And so all we right. are already growing enough plant food. Like we're already using enough land. We're already growing enough calories to feed 70 billion land animals. And there's only seven and a half billion human beings on the planet. Yeah, so if, if you we think about it, I mean, the land that is used to feed a single cow, I mean, a single yeah. cow consumes about 25 to 27 pounds of grain, uh, depending, you know, if they're uh, male, female, pregnant or not pregnant. But that's a day when you have 10 billion cows who are slaughtered in the U.S. alone. That's my feedback. Yeah. All right. Now would be a good time. Welcome back, David. We lost you for a little bit uh, just to summarize because I know you walked in while, uh, while the guys were speaking. Uh, basically, they was just responding to uh, one of Cass's points in reference to uh, large-scale agriculture if we try to uh, make the whole world vegan. Uh, then the uh, the potential to have deaths of those animals that live in those fields, like uh, you mentioned, several uh, species like uh, rabbits and gophers and so on and so forth. And uh, the guys on the other side, the vegan side, was just responding like, "Hey, we're already growing this agriculture just to feed uh, the livestock that we wind up consuming anyway." So that's basically what you missed. And uh, so let's just uh, jump back into it. Go ahead, Anna. Uh, Anna, you was uh, in the middle of a point. Uh, so uh, go ahead and please finish your thought. Yeah, that was that was pretty much, I think, our last point is that we're already growing enough uh, crops to to feed uh, seven, the 76 billion land animals that are killed every single year worldwide. Uh, and there are only 7 billion people on the planet. So if you think about the pounds and pounds and the tons of food that go to feed cows, pigs, and chickens, and sheep and goats and what have you, um, we could be giving that to people. Or we could be using the same or, land. Yeah, yeah obviously we don't crops. need grass or grains. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not grains, we do eat grains. But. David, do you want to jump on this for a second or do you, can I go ahead? 
Uh, go ahead. I got something to say, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I just want to push back on that a little bit because um, uh, from my research, what I've found is that we feed cows and uh, livestock scraps and leftovers, uh, recycled food byproducts and whatnot. We're not necessarily, or we don't at least have to grow crops just for them. So uh, I'm wondering if there's like, I, I don't know, I just I, to me, it's not model. the case that we are growing all these crops just to feed animals. Uh, well, yeah, we I mean, are because <laughs> I think you're you might be talking about uh, maybe small scale farming or backyard farmers, or but if you're you know if you take a drive up the I five here in California, you have a factory farm after factory farm after factory farm of dairy cows, and they're they're they have these giant troughs that are just full of grain or grasses. Um, so in industrial farming, it would not be economically viable to grow vegetables and or you know a cow would have to eat a ton of scraps to uh to to survive uh, and and frankly their their ideal diet is a diet of grasses uh so which we can't eat anyways right we can't no, no we don't eat we don't. grass but look if you just look at the amount of soy that's grown i mean the percentage of soy that actually goes to human beings who eat soy it's, I think it's two, two percent, five percent. It's, it's ridiculously small. Most I of mean, the soy grown is grown for animal feed or for like industrial oils. I mean, and, I'm against factory farming like anybody else and the atrocities that go on there. And I think I've made that clear yeah. in my other debates. But do but, you um, consume factory if farming? If we are going to move our society in mass towards veganism, as you guys proponent, are proponents of, then how do we stop using factory farming techniques? Then we need those to be able to feed all these new vegans. Well, the point is, we don't need to consume animal products to feed uh, people. So we would uh, right, but those uh, techniques I, are still needed in far in in plant agriculture, which means we still have to kill animals. All right, oh, you're, you're talking saying, about crop. Death. You're saying crop, yeah. Here, let's give uh, David a chance yeah. to. Um, so I think what we're trying to say. Yeah, uh, what I was gonna I think join in with Taz and saying is that we, when it comes to non-animal farming, we're already killing many animals. Coincidentally, um, well, perhaps not intentionally. Um, as I mentioned, there were gophers, there were mice, there were rabbits being killed. When it comes to farming, anywhere, when it comes to wheat farming, whatever you want to you want to talk about, animals already being killed. So we're still mm -hmm. going to be killing. More and more animals. Yes, but just because some animals. No, which way you look at this? What's that? Oh, I'm saying All just right. because it's some it's animals it. inevitably die, it doesn't mean we need to purposefully kill other animals just because some animals may die in the process of growing crops. Yeah, well, no. I think the question then comes down to how many animals is an acceptable number to you? Because when it comes to those, I think it is 15 animals per hectare of non, 15 animals per hectare of non-animal farming are killed versus seven and a half animals per hectare of animal-based farming. Uh, yeah, I, I would want so to know where that. Go ahead. Um, you had a debate. You had a debate. I think it was sometime last year where. One of the omnivores brought up a study by Davies, where she mentioned that 
Do you remember that? Or was you, Brian, that had that debate? Oh, at Cal State Long Beach? Yep. Yeah. I believe so. I mean, the, the data is pretty clear. There, I mean, there's a study, I think it's literally called animal deaths per million calories in eight food categories. And by far, the most deaths occur in the animal food industries because you can grow far more calories on the same amount of land uh, with plants than you can with animals. So chicken, by far, they are the most if we're talking about the planet. And then followed by pigs and cows. And at the bottom, it's fruits and vegetables. So I think we might be referring to the same study, but they were saying that if you had to then eliminate all those chickens that were being killed, I think the number was somewhere in the range of 8 billion chickens are being killed. Uh -huh. And you had to make up those calories of the meat with just cows. You'd be able to get enough meat with, I think, I think it was 74 million cows being killed. So still a net, uh, net gain would be, pardon? Again, you would save over I think it was 250 million animals would be would be saved per year. Yeah. So do you only eat cows? Do you not eat chickens or pigs or fish? I mostly eat beef. You mostly, mostly. Eat beef, but you still eat chicken and pigs and mostly. fish. Okay. Yes. As I said in my opening, chickens have the lowest water footprint. Not entirely. But I'm I'm saying you're making an argument that you're not living up to in your practical everyday life, because you could eat neither chickens nor cows and then cause even fewer deaths. I've never said that was my ideal. We're talking about your ideals. We're talking about veganism and trying to not kill as many animals as possible. So where do you draw that line? At not eating at animals. not eating animals because they're sentient and they're worthy of moral moral consideration. And if you can call get that, I understand that. But by going through your roots, we'd be killing fifteen animals per hectare, whereas in our standard we're going at seven and a half animals per hectare. And your methodology would end up. The question is: Is a mice's life equal to a cow's life to you? Uh, is it a one-to-one -one ratio of value? Are we killing both of them intentionally and needlessly? Yes. Well, no, because when mice die in the fields, that's not an intentional death. We, well, we're knowing we, about it. And we, if, if you, you know, know that, that you're causing happen. a harm and you continue to do the action, then you are doing it intentionally, aren't you? You're intentionally farming a crop, but you're not intentionally killing an animal to eat their corpse. I mean, you know that when you well, eat gonna... a cow, you you know you're eating a cow. Yeah. The cow died. You don't know. You don't necessarily know that by eating. Uh... Well, I do now. I read the paper. Now I know. Now I know that every time I eat uh, yeah. a freaking jalapeno, yeah, somehow I go the, for it. Every time the cow. Every time the cow eats the soy that was harvested for that cow, now say we're using your your statistics, then you've not only contributed to the cow's death, but also to the animals that died for the crops that the cow ate. So that's double the suffering. It's we're doing the least that so we like can to, do, the least harm that we can do, as far as what's practical and possible. That's what like seeks to do. Go ahead, David. I'd like to clarify the the seven and a half animal seven and a half animals per hectare that is combined animal and plant-based farming, which oh. so that would include the farming done to feed the animals. 
to feed the cows, to feed the, pig, the chickens and the pigs. So he's yeah, just I, just, I think we disagree. Less with I think that's what it is. We, we disagree on the data because if you look at the amount of calories produced per square mile or per hectare, you can produce more calories of food with plants than you can with animals because that's what human beings need. We need calories. Okay, but so we're you, talking about... Uh, Are we talking about food production or morality? Because I thought that veganism wasn't about diet. It's not. No, it is about morality. So yeah. Let's talk about lives your versus calories. <laughs> we're answering your question because yes. normally we, but if you want to switch to morality, you morality. I just one small thing when we get back into morality, we okay. need the correct kind of calories. We don't just need calories. We could get all the calories we need from a bag of Doritos chips. But the thing is we need quality calories, not True. empty yeah, calories. We do. So, mm -hmm. so go for it. That's why we said before, like there's no such thing as a vegan diet, you know, because a vegan diet could be any, it could be Oreos and soda. But if you're talking about a whole foods, plant-based diet, then that's, that's different. And, and yes, we totally agree. You do need quality calories. Processed oh, foods. I mean, and you, you mentioned this too. Oh, um, yes. I wanted to bring this up, Kaz, because you brought up, um, you know, you were talking about processed foods, but, you know, we can't forget that animal flesh is also heavily processed. Uh, right. I mean, anything from the, the wash, the washing that has to happen um, to the. Well, you have to wash your vegetables, right? I mean, I wash mine. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you 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 know chickens are soaked in chlorine. <laughs> it's just I mean a little I, more again, intense. I will not defend farming practices at all whatsoever. I'm defending carnism, the physical act of putting meat in your mouth. That is all I defend. Yeah. As okay. far as anything beyond that, I'm I'm against it. Uh, and do you? I, I do would be okay if we meat? closed all the factory farms. I would be okay if we outlawed husbandry entirely and everyone had to hunt and only hunt. Okay, so that's a segue okay, into morality because then you're saying that you support animal welfare, which is most people actually mm -hmm. uh, surveys have shown that most people are against animal cruelty. Most people are for animal welfare. Um, what the thing is, why does animal welfare have to why does there have to be a line drawn at, okay, let's treat this animal with kindness up until the day we slit its throat? because then it's in our best interests. You know what I mean? So there's an inconsistency there in, in the animal's inherent right to live and our personal desire to eat its flesh, even though we don't need to. Well, I think it's a utilitarian aspect. It's the fact that those animals give us so much more than just their meat. I mean, we're talking what? about uh, pig hearts and valves. Uh, we're talking about skin grafts. We're talking about... Uh, you know, I, I have all these different uh, studies and med medical data. There's uh, there's just so many uses for animals in medicine, and there's uh, animal testing. The I mean, you guys created. are against animal testing, right? What's that? that? You guys are against animal testing, right? Yes. yes. How do you how do you propose that we test new drugs that are potentially lethal, that are for um, infants per se? Well, potentially lethal. I don't know. That that that's kind of extreme but I mean, there like, have always been human, there have always been human volunteers for for I, I volunteered for uh eye drops that were hadn't been released in the market but there are always new ways evolving to 
test drugs and to test devices and whatnot that don't involve animals. I mean, even just rudimentarily speaking in high school, now you don't have to dissect a frog to learn about biology. You can use a computer program. That didn't exist what, 10 years ago when I was in high school, I had to dissect a squid, I had to dissect an earthworm, a frog. Uh, but this is constantly evolving, evolving, we're finding new and more effective ways to uh, evolve but, our medicine. David, you want to jump in real quick? I want to. So I do. Yeah, I do. Um, so I do think we have made great leaps and bounds in how we treat animals. That mm -hmm. being said, when it comes to medical treatment and Experiments, there's literally it's literally called human guinea pigging, where humans will, as you said, they will volunteer themselves to go under for these tests. I know mm -hmm. quite a few students have gone for these experiments to earn a bit of extra cash. However, you do get people who will be forced into this because they have no other financial options. It's you might say that they're choosing to do this, but they're doing it out of a financial necessity. They're doing this under duress, and this may have many unwanted repercussions on the rest of their life. Well, and mean, when they get to that stage, but usually by the time they get to that stage, usually by the time they get to the stage, mm -hmm. the products are safe for human testing, knowing that the people who are volunteering themselves and their livelihood and their personhood, they're probably not going to die yeah, or lose I mean, an eye. Right. You're, you're taking away the safety cushion that every human guinea pig gets because these animals have been these, these drugs have been inside an animal before. They have some idea of what it can do to you, even if they don't have a complete picture. But you're trying to say that we can't have any idea what it happens to a body before we put it into a human being. And then we're going to exploit the poor, the dis disproportionately economically disenfranchised. I just don't think that that could be ever ethical. I'm not, I mean, I, don't yeah. I volunteered for a study. I don't consider myself... Uh, well, the, the data shows that this disproportionately economically disadvantaged people. But... Um, you know, it's funny I'm that we're, we're talking again? about people who are in a much worse. We're talking about people who would be in a much worse financial strait. Not used. Well, you could say the same thing. You could use the same exact argument for slaughterhouse workers. Slaughterhouse workers, you could say, are forced into a lifestyle that you know they have been. They suffer from PTSD, depression, higher rates of of suicide, alcoholism, drug use. You could say that they're forced into a lifestyle that, I mean, most slaughterhouse workers are people of color, uh, people of low socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, veterans, ex-prisoners. Basically, they have very little political clout. You could use that same argument. And, and you know, it's it's mm -hmm. the only reason they take those jobs is because they we are demanding the animal products. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that you could gather a whole bunch of super useful medical information and medical testing information if we used humans and harvested human heart valves and human organs and did human testing. But we don't do that. Because, because humans have the right to say no. Mm -hmm. Right. We have it's immoral. Yeah. So, and we, so how, help me bridge the gap there then. We're going to take away the animal testing. We're going to say humans need to consent to this stuff. They don't need how, to. How do we always be volunteers just like with the COVID-19 vaccines how many people have volunteered to to get something injected into them that they yeah. have no idea I, mean, you I know. don't know I haven't seen it uh, there was an article we're talking about financial duress 
what we're talking about is people doing this under financial duress. And when it comes to people being harvested, I think we all know about what happens in China when it comes to organ harvesting. Yes. Even so we know that people are, if you open the market for people, tra human trafficking, what you're arguing for lead to more human trafficking. You're using fringe examples to justify people eating at McDonald's. I mean, when we're talking, no, we're about, not. We're I, not justifying McDonald's. We're just justifying eating meat. We don't care about McDonald's. McDonald's do you eat McDonald's? I do. Yeah, I'm not okay. justifying it. Though. What is this? It's, it's, it's immoral to eat McDonald's. I will, I'll concede to you that I am immoral when I eat at McDonald's. I will concede to you that. Okay. So then, so why? What is this argument? You're arguing for a moral system that you yourself don't follow. Nobody follows it. You don't follow it. Nobody is perfectly vegan. We we don't we eat do. McDonald's. Like said, the animals that are killed in the fields where your vegetables are harvested, you don't care about them. You don't even give them a second thought. It's not no, even part of your calculus. Just, that's the fewest deaths possible. So that but we, we, but we, but we've shown that it's not the fewest deaths. It's not it's about double. It's double look, the number of deaths per life. It's double the number of deaths if you eat the cow that ate the crops that yeah. the animals died in, plus the cow. I mean. No, what he showed. Is not we, about have to, we have to have another se separate subject about the data. We it's, have to go into the data in just that one article and just debate that one article. What I'm saying is you yourself are advocating for a moral system that you don't follow. Yes? Yeah. I don't slaughter animals. I don't, I'm not involved in that. I'm not, that's not my job. But you pay for a big man. So. And, and, yeah. and someone, and actually I think it was, um, who said, uh, might have been David. David who said that we should not be held accountable for another's actions. Did you mean what essentially what Kaz is Kaz? I'm sorry. Yeah, Kaz. Yeah. Kaz. What Kaz is saying that uh, you you don't kill the animal yourself, so you shouldn't be held morally responsible. But you are paying for that to happen. That's not what I said. No. I said there's nothing wrong with eating meat. No, what I'm saying is that when animals are being beaten in the factory farm, when, when animals are being abused, mm -hmm. I can't. How can I be held accountable for, for that action? Here's the thing: animal abuse is very common I, in I farms because the workers. Like, no, if you if think about slaughterhouse workers, unless they're very they have mental issues, which most of them unfortunately end up developing. No one really gets up in the morning and like, yes, let's let's go kill some animals. You know, they mm. it's a very they have to develop coping mechanisms that sometimes lead to animal abuse because they have they are forced to look at these animals as as objects. So it is more common than you think. You know, you everyone always says, oh, you know, vegans always, they only show the bad videos, the bad stuff, but think about how many videos have been released of, of animal abuse in factory farms. It's because it is common. So you could assume that in most cases, I mean, and even in the most ideal of worlds, which is not ideal for us, but animals who just get their throat slit without being kicked or or, or mounted or knocked in the head or have their tails pulled, if the animal just gets their throat slit, why does that not count as abuse? Do, wouldn't you say that it is abusive to kill someone who doesn't want to die? 
Would I say I am something? Doing, but no, I would not. I mean, hmm? go ahead, David. We didn't hear you, Rogan, David. Uh, I was just to make a distinction um, because you jump straight from animals to, I think, humans. You made you made that jump from killing an animal. I don't think that it's always immoral to kill somebody oh, just not because animals. they don't want to die. What? I think that there are things that you can do I mean, in this world even... that will earn you a death penalty. Yes, but a six-month-old piglet hasn't done anything to you to deserve being killed. Right, but they're so also you're... not capable of giving me any kind of moral consideration. If if they find me unconscious, they'll eat me. All right, all right David. Uh, I see you was trying to get back in. Go ahead, David. Pigs will yeah, eat people, um, just so y'all know. <laughs> well, if they if they find a dead corpse, if they find a dead corpse, I think any any carnivore might eat you. But if you're alive, sitting next to the pig, they might come and nuzzle you. That's right, generally here. what happens. Hey, let, let's I'll give David a chance to jump back in. You know, there's a yeah. time lag or so. No, no worries. Um, thanks, Derek. So what I would want to say is that if it comes down to me having my throat slit or being mauled by a lion for food, I'd rather have my throat slit. Mm -hmm. And again, for me, I view animals, certain animals as food products. They are our, as you'd say, prey. We are omnivores. We've been humans or let's say anyone in the hominin line, and I'm doing hominin, not hominid. We've been omnivores for about 2.6 million years so we do have definite prey that we would eat if we were still living back in the savannah we would be hunting certain types of animals anyway mm -hmm. um so okay. i don't see any problem in pardon so I, I don't see any problem in eating food things that would be part of our natural diet do you and see again, for me that's not a moral consideration the way things are do you see a problem with rape or slavery? That's a false equivalency. I see many problems with that. It's not a false equivalency because I... human beings have been raping and enslaving each other for many, many, many years. It's natural. You're so... falsely equating humans to these animals, and I don't know what criteria no. you're using. I mean, that just because something is natural doesn't mean we should be doing it. Something Just because mm -hmm. something is common or traditional yeah, or has yeah. always been done doesn't I mean... I agree. We... The naturality of it is irrelevant. Okay. Okay, so David's making an so it's, it's humans. No, no, what I'm saying is humans eat. We have a diet. I'm not making any moral considerations after that at all. We it's need to eat food, yes or no. We need to consume calories. We There's do not moral consideration to be healthy, so we so we don't need to do it. So it's needless. Even though we've done it for years and years and years, we don't need to do it. Let me ask you this. If you happen upon a human being conducting something disgusting that I won't say on on live right here, um, and you uh, bludgeon them to death to stop them, have you done something immoral? You're saying in this human being is like harming me or harming someone else? Yes, physically. Yeah, I think it's okay to stop them with okay. violence if necessary. I mean, if necessary, but it... it that's such a fringe example. I don't think it applies to again. I mean, it happens every day, though, right? Yeah, it happens every day in fringe examples. But what happens more frequently is people go through the drive-through at McDonald's. 
or yeah. to the grocery store and they are presented with a plethora of options that they can choose from. Like if a bear was attacking you, Kaz, I would help you. I would try to save your life. I don't want I you to die because you're getting attacked by a bear. I would also help you as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, but we don't need to go into the I'm woods. Ground. <laughs> like we don't need to go intentionally <laughs> shoot a just because a bear might kill you. The point of my hypothetical is to illustrate that human beings are also capable of not having any moral consideration. Just because any any animal, human included, that is not capable of showing moral consideration for other animals deserves no consideration. Now we know that bulls will maul you, that they will stick those horns all the way up where the sun don't shine anytime they can. They charge. You put them in an arena. <laughs> yeah, they're defending well, themselves. Yeah. Well, I, like when I had the article, they there are there are wild cow cattle oh, yeah. Yeah. Wild in California. Like, yeah, lions. If we go vegan and we shut down all the farms, then we're going to have cattle roaming free, and there are going to be some horns up some asses. Well, we're not, well, we, we're not just going to free all the, the cows, cows overnight. Unfortunately, the world's not going to go vegan that fast. Yeah. But what idea. if you get your way? What if you guys are so persuasive in this debate that everybody in the world but is just shared everywhere? We all go vegan because of what you guys say that's tonight. That's what, that's what, that's we gonna do? what we hope would happen is that gradually the demand would would decrease, which would also decrease the supply. That's just mm -hmm. the, the real the realistically, that's what would happen. No one's going to go. The world's yeah, not going to. Then, what do you envision happening? Between cows. That, I mean, that's why I said in my opening, I don't think it was sustainable. Sustainable. What you're asking for, Just what are you asking for? Long term. What do you think will happen? We would like humans everyone. have grown, and humans have grown alongside cows, pigs, and a variety of other farmed animals. We are. We have a more or less symbiotic relationship with them. I do think humans have made a lot of mistakes. We have made a great deal of mistakes. I think we can both admit that. But for better or worse, we're in a symbiotic relationship with them. What yeah, do you think will happen in the long term? Symbiosis, however, means every, they both parties... Mutual benefit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that a, a, yeah, the, the, a cow uh, getting throat slit would, would agree <laughs> that it's symbiosis. Yeah. We've also had a symbiotic relationship with cats and dogs for thousands of years, and we don't slaughter them by the billions and eat their corpses. Like you can have a symbiotic relationship with an animal and still treat the animal with respect. Like we, ha we have dogs that would never survive in the wild. Chihuahuas, if you freed all the chihuahuas, they would do horribly in the wild. But we don't breed them by the billions and needlessly kill them for food. Yeah, and this is a point that you brought up, Kaz, you know, our relationship to animals, which is irrelevant to their inherent right to live. Just because we have a relationship with cats and dogs doesn't mean that they have any more or less of a right to live than another animal. I mean, look at some Asian countries eat cats and dogs. You know, there's an inconsistency across cultures of who we exploit. So when you look at the root of it all we are just picking and choosing picking and choosing and it doesn't really matter to some people that pigs are smarter than dogs it doesn't really matter to some people that dolphins are cute or cuter than cats because some people eat cats i mean it, it's all just ra just random mm -hmm. so what it comes down to is every being's a capacity to suffer go go david yeah, I do, because for us, 
at least for me, it would be that it's the relationships the different cultures. Right. It's the relationship the different cultures have cultivated with those animals. Um, as you said, in the Far East, where they, they do eat cats and dogs, for whatever reason, that is their relationship with those animals. It's how we have grown up with them um, and how we treat them and how we view them. And what does that mean to the cat or the and dog? I do think we do provide which yeah, cats and dogs in yeah. the Far East. Yes, I'm saying the cats and dogs. We, as the oppressor, we're deciding, oh, these beings, it's okay because we decided. We, we decided as the oppressor to subjugate them. We're not factoring in what the cat or the dog might want to do, which I would argue they want to keep living and not why, be killed. Why for okay, so why are you calling it the oppressor? What? Why, my question would be, why are you framing us? My question is, why are you framing us as the oppressor? You're ignoring a large part of how human evolution alongside these cats and dogs and animals took place. Do you think that the first dogs came to be the first cat, the first dogs that came to be to live alongside us? There was a mutual benefit to the both of us. They would alert us to the predators that were surrounding us, and we would provide them with scraps. And they helped us hunt. So you're ignoring a large part of that. They helped us find no, other ways. Thank you, guys. We're not not acknowledging that we have relationships with animals and that we've domesticated dogs and cats to suit our needs. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's not relevant to, you know, like. Well, I guess I'm not sure what the argument is. Their is, moral value is independent on yeah. how we view them. We determine. See, that that's the thing is I feel like the, the root of the world's problems starts with us, our egotism, our need to be to dominate, to control, to you know, do what we want. And and why? I mean, what you you if if you guys, I don't know if you've ever seen pigs in a slaughter truck, we have. That do, would you call yourself the victim? Or would you call yourself an oppressor when you know that people are paying for that to happen? When you hear the screams from inside the slaughterhouse, would you call yourself the victim? You know, plants can scream too. We just can't hear the sound. <laughs> plants are not sentient to the best of our science. You said that sentience was subjective experience, plants, plants definitely have. You are definitely. a plant rights activist. Then what about the plants that the cows you eat eat? It's from my perspective, we're all just picking and choosing, you guys especially, because no. this is all just life forms on a different spectrum. It, it no. ranges from bacterial all the way to us and beyond, who knows, but we're all just living things and life just eats life. And you guys are deciding that there's a line between animal and plant. And then there, if we play the name the trait game, you won't be able to play for very long because so there are the plants sidewalk. that have the same characteristics as animals. If you sit on the sidewalk with a carrot and a, a piglet. A carrot is not a plant. The carrot is just the root of the plant, I believe. All right. If you stood on the sidewalk with celery <laughs> or a head of lettuce and a piglet and you asked people which one they would like to chop, what do you think people would choose? I would think that they're biased. Why are they biased? Because they're empathizing with things with faces. I You're think just looking at something that looks like you and saying, oh, well, then I can't no, hurt it because it looks like me. Empathizing with beings that have brains and nervous systems and a subjective experience of life. 
I can empathize with a plant. Why? Why am I wrong? And when you you can, if you would like to empathize with a plant, that's not a problem. But that doesn't make the plant sentient. It doesn't give the plant a brain or a nervous. System. It does. Why when do you think that nervous systems are required for thinking and, and processing information? To the best of our knowledge, yes. I mean, they are not. We we built computers. We've already proven that it's not required. Computers information, are information. Yes, they're they not. They can process information without any biological. Intelligence anything. and sentience are diff two different things. Computers aren't sure. sentient. They are intelligent. Yet. yet. Sure. Not yet. Let's not just, we yet. figured it out. I'm saying to the they will be. our scientific knowledge. There's there's no distinction. They, just speak, there are plenty of... Uh, Plants did not develop the biological adaptation of being able to run away from predators. I mean, no, they, they didn't. Like, they can't move. Their philosophy know? since the beginning of the time has been chill. Right. <laughs> so there's no reason to think they experience pain because pain would not evolve in a being that can't move away from pain. But we can demonstrate pain response. You can demonstrate a response. You can't a pain response. Pain. Yeah. No, not a pain response. If, if if a creature takes in data from its environment, processes it, and then has a reaction, that's sentience. That's an intelligent pain. reaction. That's not sentience. It isn't. It doesn't feel like something to be. How uh, do you know that? How could you ever possibly say that? Just because you, 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 you definitely can't say that because you empathize with them. According to the Cambridge Declaration on Consciousness, that's the best of our knowledge to date, is that plants are not sentient, but mammals and birds and octopuses and other species, they are. And that that's is an opinion drawn from a biased position. That's an opinion drawn by some of the world's top neurologists. And they can be speciesist too. They can be. I'm but sure many, many of them of aren't them, vegan. Not I mean, vegan. Yeah. most of them are species as well. But that doesn't it, just because you think a plant can scream, it doesn't make the plant scream. No, but we can show it. We can demonstrate it scientifically. You can demonstrate a reaction, yes. But if you push the screen on your iPhone, it reacts. You know, your iPhone is not sentient, right? Not yet. So then, plants aren't sentient yet. No, plants have been evolving for billions of years. iPhones are pretty new. But they're not sentient yet, according to your logic. No, no. Plants can do these things autonomously. They don't need a person to input. Well, iPhones update automatically. They don't need a person to input that. Well, they just some human it. being up at Apple has to push the button to send the update out. Yes, they have intelligent reactions to stimuli, just like plants have intelligent reactions to stimuli. All right, let's get David back in, and then we're going to start reading some uh, some super chats. All right, sure. uh, David. Wow. Um, thing is, I kind of get where Kaz is coming from when it comes to the plants. It's at some point you're cutting off the what you would consider suffering because even if the plants aren't sentient, they are in some form responding to stimuli that says that they are being damaged. Yes, plants are alive. And yet, that is... Pardon? They calculate. Plants are alive. We don't deny that. Plants are alive and intelligent, and they respond yeah, they to feel. Alive. They feel. They literally Let's feel. Let's bring the around and say that don't forget that the animals you eat also eat plants. Yes. So if you really care about plants... Yes, and we're saying that... We're... No, we're not saying that we care about plants, we're just saying that on your end, when it comes to drawing that line, where do you draw that line and why would you draw that line there? Our site says, as Kaz, I'll quote Kaz, life eats life. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing moral to be gained by that and saying that it's not a moral discussion, life eats life, it's how it is. 
Or are we it's not? Neither good nor bad. Don't don't you consider yourself a little bit maybe you you know as humans we have the the ability to make moral decisions. I don't know that I worry about a lion making moral decisions. A lion's a lion. I don't pretend to understand a lion. They are an obligate carnivore, but we are capable of deciding what you know when we walk into a grocery store what we want to support and what we don't want to support. Yeah, and we draw. I was going to, he asked that, where do you draw the line? Veganism draws the line at sentience. If a being is incapable of suffering, then you can't inflict suffering on that being if they're incapable of suffering. So a plant is incapable of experiencing joy and sadness and happiness. So, but a pig and a cow and a chicken clearly experience joy and happiness and sadness, and they seek to avoid pain. They run away from pain. They don't want to be harmed. They don't want to be killed. And human beings do it anyway. It's immoral. We wouldn't want that done to us. All right. Uh, here, we got a, a question by uh, from Howard. He says, why is it okay to cause an animal's death for your own survival? Why do your preferences for survival override the rights of an, anna, uh, uh, the rights of an animal? And that's for Anna and Brian. It is. You... You don't need to kill an animal to survive, so I don't know. Do they mean like if you're being attacked by a bear? Yeah, yeah, that's what he's asking. He's saying, yeah, uh, if if it's okay to cause animals death for your own survival, why do your preference for uh, survival override the animal's rights? But uh, yeah, I'm like, well, I think he is just trying to get a meal in, isn't he? When he's attacking me, why are you going to kill him to eat me? Well, he's just trying to eat. I know that, but but I, I value you as a fellow homo sapien, so I don't... Why value me more than him? Of course. You should value the bear. Why would why? I value a strange me bear? Me get eaten, bro. Value your mother over, your, uh, over a stranger on the street. I, I mean, would rather be a meal for a bear than for you to be morally inconsistent, so... Well, well I, if I that's don't know the if case. that's genuine. I think that to answer the question, I think that survival uh, is built inside of us and it's unreasonable to ask people, hey, if a bear starts attacking you, just let it kill you. Yeah, that's the more moral option. That's not reasonable. It's not practical. I don't think that's because I have utility to your survival. I, as a fellow human, can strategize with you and help you survive other bear attacks. That's why I'm more valuable to you just because I have utility to you. Yeah, I mean, I think the bear has utility to the environment, but you, like, we kind of know you. We just had an hour-long discussion with you. We value because I you. share a facial structure and bone structure that's similar to yours, I have an investment in your survival, and you have an investment in my survival, and we can work together to survive the bears and the comets and yeah, the universal many, heat death. How many people yeah. get, like, attacked by bears versus how many people walk into a Ralph's and buy groceries? That's the thing. It's like we're talking about hypotheticals and fringe examples, and sure, you know, we can hash those out but really what it comes down to is the choices that people make every day all right we have another question from lily uh she asks what kind of i'm assuming it's, uh, it's a woman she asks what kind of electronics are you using when human suffrage is used to create those components and i believe that's that question is also directed at anna and uh and brian well what about you what are you writing on <laughs> what, what, what did you just type that question on you know I mean, if you're saying that there's human suffering involved in the manufacture of electronics, we would say, yes, 
probably, but then there's also the suffering of the animals that you're killing for taste pleasure. So either way you slice it, anytime you remove animals from the equation, you're reducing deaths. All right. Uh, so what they're talking Romania. about is consistency. Well, I just what they're talking about is moral inconsistency because you've said that you want the best possible outcome to maximize well-being. Mm -hmm. Yet, so you're happy to maximize well-being for animals, but you're happy, but you're happy for humans to suffer. That's, yep. I think, what they're trying to get at. We're not happy that humans suffer, but eating animals is needless. Uh, using electronics to communicate with the modern world is needed. So there, that has to factor in. Like eating a cheeseburger from Burger King is completely no. different. I have a quick question. That doesn't have to factor in. Uh, just to toss it out there. So, you know, uh, we've tried, uh, we've tried and uh, we continue to uh, uh, attempt to improve the technique of lab-grown meats. Uh, what's your take on that, Anna and Brian? Um, I mean, for me personally, I think that if I were to walk into a slaughterhouse and tell the animals, listen, uh, they're trying to grow meat out of a cell on, like, I need a cell, I need a biopsy from one of you, and then we can multiply meat for everyone who wants to eat meat. If, if, if I were to walk into a slaughterhouse and, and tell the animals, but listen, there are a lot of people out there who don't like that idea, because it still involves animal flesh. They'd probably be devastated. They, they want out, you know? So I'm for incrementalism, trying to improve the situation. Uh, I personally wouldn't eat animal flesh, whether it's lab grown or whatever, because yeah. I don't like the idea of it. <laughs> but the world would certainly be a better place if everyone ate lab grown meat. It'd be far fewer animal deaths. Um, yeah. Yes. So we support like Anna said, incrementalism on the way to to veganism. Okay. Uh, Germania asks, uh, if plants were sentient, it would be okay to eat them because we have to, whereas it's immoral to eat animals because we don't have to agree or disagree. Uh, Sorry, say, can you repeat that? Sure. Uh, yes. If plants were sentient, it would be okay to eat them because we have to, Whereas it's immoral to eat animals because we don't have to agree or disagree. Yeah. Yeah, correct. I agree. Yep. All right. Uh, it, it seems like most of these are uh, questions uh, that uh, are resident vegans. So let's try to, we'll just uh, go down and see what they say. Uh, we do have a, a super chat from D Darko that says meat is murder, tasty, tasty murder. Excuse me. <laughs> Oh, uh, right, we're just gonna. No, I'm gonna go for one second. Let the girls in. Okay, I've got a question. I'll follow up question for Brian. Um, you both agreed that if plants were sentient, it would be okay, it would be morally justifiable to eat the plant if they were sentient. You said yes, Mike. Rick is saying that. The person asks, uh, if uh, plants were sentient. Ultimately, we have to eat something, right? So they're saying, like, even if plants were sentient, we still have to eat them. Uh, but they're saying that it would still be immoral to eat animals because we don't have to. So that that's what they're saying. They're saying we have to eat something uh, to uh, get our calories, to get our nutrients. Uh, if, so at the base of it, it will have to be plants. Uh, ultimately, if I may, I just want to. 
I just want to respond to that a little bit just because I did mention uh, eight different nutrients that do not, they are not easily available from plant sources that we have to bio, we have to engineer bacteria to produce these things. We have to play with their genetics and who knows what else we're doing with it. I mean, I'm not anti-GMO personally, but I can understand people that are. And if you are, it doesn't make any sense for you to put yourself at risk of, uh, of being deficient of these nutrients just because your life is important too. Yeah, I mean, that assumes that vegans are statistically deficient in those nutrients. But given that every single amino acid is available in every single whole plant food, the only food that I know of that doesn't contain all amino acids is gelatin. So, I mean, whole plant foods have the nutrients that we need. Um, and I don't see the hospitals filled with vegans. Um, but presence does not equal uh, sufficiency. Well, then why aren't all the vegans like going to hospital for vitamin A deficiency or vitamin D supplementation because huh? of GMOs? Okay. So then we don't have to eat animals to get like vegans are not. You don't have to because you don't care about GMOs. But if anybody out there does, they might have to. Well, we, we care about GMOs. I mean, we care about I mean, GMOs. We do our best but... to avoid non-organic stuff, but. But there are plant-based alternatives, plant-based supplements, plant-based foods, whole plant foods. There's, I mean, a, there's the a number of ways to get your vitamins and, you, and, and you minerals say, every day. You know, people have this thing against supplementation, but supplementation was around even before veganism was a thing. Yeah. I mean, the people were deficient in all sorts of things before vegans happened. <laughs> I, right, mean, I, I think that a moral mandate should be something that is is possible for anyone who hears it. For anyone, well, hence why veganism asks people to abstain from animal exploitation as far as what's possible and practical. If you live in Antarctica, for example, it's, you, you're going to have a, a very different selection of foods available to you than if you live in Ohio. So we need to do what's possible and practical. And the truth is, is that it's the Western countries like the United States and, um, and Canada and Australia and England. The, these are the countries that are consuming animal products and killing animals by the billion. It's not these fringe examples. It's it's modern Western society that is causing the most suffering. And so we're asking those people that have the means, they have the ability to choose plant foods. We're asking them to choose plant foods. All right, let's try to get through these super chats. So uh, Michael out of California asks uh, for the omnivores. What is true of animals that if true of humans would justify needlessly killing them for food? Would justify killing you go first, David. Um, can you repeat that? I'm not entirely certain I understood that. Right, right, right. It, it, it's worded a little. Uh, well, he says, uh, 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 what is true of animals that if true of humans would justify needlessly killing them for food? So, if uh, essentially what he's asking is, if I if I got it right, is uh, whatever justification we have for killing animals. What makes humans different? Why aren't we eating humans for food? Yeah. More human beings are capable of being co-opted well, for my scheme for survival. So are animals. So, uh, well, apart from that, there are um, people in the, I think it's the Southeast Asia, I think it's Papua New Guinea, where they do eat other human beings, where they do engage in ritualistic cannibalism, and they have the human version of mad cow disease. Um, so that would be one answer why we don't see humans eating other humans. Um, 
I have I looked online and I've seen that other primates. Pardon? There's prions and brain tissue is a very big problem right. for cannibalism. Go ahead. It is. So I've also seen that there are the there are other primates that will kill each other, but they won't eat each other. So I would say that it has to be something with our species in the way we interact with other people. The trait is being capable of providing me with moral consideration. Any human being that is not capable of giving me moral consideration is killable because they're probably a murderer or a rapist or both. Hold on. A, a severely mentally disabled person is... No, that's a false equivalence. Mentally disabled people are not morally disabled. Morally disabled people are a special subset of disabled people. They have certain proclivities that cause them to commit certain kinds of crime that make them more expendable to us. You know, you have people with all kinds of brain developmental uh, disorders or, or in some cases, well, let's put it this way. Some people are not able to make moral decisions. Like there are even children, just children are, are can lash out. They can be pretty immoral and sometimes. Yeah. And we still take away a lot of the considerations. I mean, you, you can't kidnap any human being that you want, but you can kidnap a person like that and throw them in jail. They're kidnapped technically. But if a more if a if a mentally disabled person is un, incapable of understanding or comprehending morality, then they would fall in your category of okay to be killed, right? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. If that's your moral system, I guess we'll leave let's that as not, the. Let's not throw you it's in. your moral system too. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's our moral system, not yours. You probably are against the death penalty, right? I don't know. All right. Well, yeah, we'll have the last uh, word. Uh, because that, uh, the question was directed towards the omnivores. Uh, so let's move on to the next. 20 Faces asks uh, If vegans were consistent, they would stop predatory animals from killing their prey. Uh, the way we defend human victims of predatory animals. Why don't they do this? <laughs> Wild point. animal suffering. That's one we get a, a few, not a lot, but we get that a, a few times. Uh, they're, they're saying we should go into the woods and like defend the deer from bears. And, because and again, trolley problem. veganism <laughs> yeah, is not about being perfect. It's about doing the best we can insofar as is possible and practicable. Okay, so... We can't, and, and, by, and by the way, we don't discriminate between carnivore animals and herbivore animals. They are all here. I, I can't, I don't pretend to understand why some animals eat other animals and why some animals don't. That's not up to me to decide. I have my own moral framework. They have theirs. Uh, but realistically, I'm not, you know, we're not going to go out into the plains of uh, the, the woodlands and, and stop animals from hunting down other animals. It, it comes down to what what is the most accessible to most people on the planet? Grocery stores, right? <laughs> it's just being realistic. All right. Uh, do y'all want to comment on that? Uh, the omnivores, or we going, or should we move on to the next one? All right. Move on. All right. So uh, Lily came back and asked. Well, really, just uh, just made the, the, another statement. Uh, she was the one that asked about uh, the computer. human suffrage that's used for uh, creating com uh, computer components. Mm -hmm. uh, she says that computers and phones are not needed for survival. So here you are. That's what she said. Word. They're, uh, they're not. Yes. If I mean, to be honest, if you want to avoid the maximum amount of suffering, you should kill yourself. I mean, that, that I mean, would be how to avoid the most. 
suffering. Not That's you. the problem with well-being as a moral objective. What's that? That's the problem with well-being as a moral objective. The anti-suffering well-being objective of morality is just untenable. It doesn't work in the long term. Why doesn't it work? We're, because, we're, we're, like you just said, the maximum well-being is to kill yourself. Right. The right. least so amount of suffering is also to kill yourself, too. It's, it's a suicidal morality. We are acknowledging we all have a desire to live. We're just trying to grant that right to every to everyone we yeah. can. You know, we're, we're aware of the fact that some animals will, heck, when I walk out the front door to go somewhere in the morning, I will step on ants. I will probably someday, hopefully never, hit an animal with my car. I and mean, things like that happen. But we're talking about the choices we can make, the things we have control over, yeah. as far as we know, as far as we have the knowledge to do so, you know, like... Yeah. Is it reasonable to ask people in 2020 in Ohio or California uh, or Georgia or Israel to not use the Internet? Is that reasonable or is it reasonable to ask people to just commit suicide to reduce suffering? I don't think that's reasonable, but it is reasonable to ask them to eat some potatoes or eat some beans or eat a Beyond Burger, order the Beyond I Burger. And I, I hate beans with all of my heart and soul. I despise them. I will never, ever eat a bean in my life. You, no, never. I'm from Costa Rica, so I live on beans. <laughs> I feel sorry for your tongue. It's probably like a cilantro thing for you then. It tastes, it looks like diarrhea. It looks like shit. It looks, no, never going to eat beans in my life. No. Then don't eat beans. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick to potatoes. Uh, Steven Steen says, James, you old world soy. We are fresh out. Yeah. All right. Steven Steen, he said, James, use all the world soy. We are fresh out of soy. All right. Uh, in Theology, uh, Super Chat, he says, question for vegans. You <laughs> made very strong claims about slaughterhouse workers. Do you have sources for all that? Yeah, actually, we mm -hmm. used to attend vigils um, outside of there. We used to organize vigils with an organization. Um, in the LA area at a chicken slaughterhouse, a pig slaughterhouse, and a cow slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. And we have actually firsthand experience speaking to slaughterhouse workers. Um, and there's also data uh, that has been gathered by foodispower.org uh, that supports all the claims from earlier. I mean, the one slaughterhouse worker we spoke, well, we've spoken to two precisely. And one of them is a, a former convict. So getting work is not easy. And that is one of the only places he could find work. And um, he quit after he says most people quit after three months. Uh, because it is. I mean, you're being asked to, to murder animals for a 12 hour shift six days a week. Yeah, and they I don't mean, no one wants that job. It sounds like a great opportunity to allow sociopaths to have an outlet for their whatever you'd call it while also benefiting the rest of the world and not hurting any humans. Well, I think I would, sociopaths yeah. most, I mean, not, we've watched a lot of these documentaries. You start a sociopath. I do uh, think that sociopaths seek, agency. The, the, what drives so, a lot of sociopaths is the attention uh, and the mystery behind it. So if they're, you know, I don't know that necessarily working at a slaughterhouse adds to that thrill. No, I would also say we should ask the pigs what they think about that idea. What are they going to say? They're the victims. What will they say exactly? All right, Lily strikes again. She says, 
So you're saying suicide is easier than not using phones? No, 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 no. no suicide no, no. would cause we're, less. We're not, and we're not advocating. Please do not confuse that. We're saying that if if one was really interested in causing the least suffering possible, then not existing would cause the least suffering possible. But yep. we're not advocating for that. We're simply saying that if that's truly your concern, because I mean, you're again, you're advocating, you're or you're seemingly advocating for something that you yourself are not practicing because you've purchased a computer, you probably own a phone. I don't know what you're typing on, uh, but you know, also think about how many computers and how many phones do people purchase in a lifetime versus how many animals or animal flesh they purchase uh, in mm -hmm. a lifetime. All right, we have a question for the non-vegans from. Germania, if you witness someone slaughtering a dog, would you be outraged? David's trying to say something. Sorry, I know we haven't heard from you a lot. Yeah, I just, I just I can you kind of find why committing suicide would be the least amount of suffering? No, no, no. can you clarify? Say, we all have people that we bring him into joy. <clears throat> Yeah, because I am baffled by that. Maybe the wrong. It's like non no, it's not, no, it's it's not. No, I would push back on that. Yes, if you if if a person committed suicide, then their friends and family members would be sad, and they would experience a certain amount of uh, negative well-being. But the thousands of animals that that person would have eaten in their lifetime would not be killed and eaten by them. So it it is the most assured way to cause the least amount of suffering is to simply not exist. But we're not saying. But that's not that's not please. reasonable. That's not practical. We're yeah. not advocating for suicide. This is about everyday choices, easy to make choices. You know, obviously, that's that's a hypothetical. All right, and, uh, and, and, and David, if you want to okay. respond to Germania's question, uh, if you witness, and this is for you, uh, Kaz, as well, if you witness someone slaughtering a dog, would you be outraged? Go ahead, David. No. Okay. I mean, are so, you talking about for shits and giggles or for food? Can Can I clarify that one? For a utilitarian uh, purpose. Well, we'll see if they uh if they uh, uh write a clarifying uh response in the in, a, in the super chat. Uh, they didn't specify whether it's for food or if it's just for. I would be more I, outraged. I was going to say if the person is doing it. Yeah, if the person is doing it for fun and because he wants to torture the dog, I would say, yeah, that's terrible. I'd be outraged at that. However, if he's doing it because he wants to eat some food, okay. You've seen the Yulin footage, right? Have you? Because the, the idea behind the dog meat festival is that the more tortured the meat, the better it tastes. And there are some pretty I would posit that anyone you sit in front of a screen and show that footage to is going to be horrified. I mean, I've seen th they they do things to so, dogs that I don't see them do that I don't I haven't seen on pigs no. and cows like horrific. So I would be so that more would be wrong. Range. Go ahead, go ahead, finish it. Yes, I think that uh, in 2003, in preparation for the Rugby World Cup. They took the South African rugby team to a place called Kamstaltarat. And one of the exercises that they put them through was they shot a chicken in, I think they were sitting in a well. 
they chucked the chicken in there and between i think they were about 23 guys in there and it was up to one of them to kill the chicken and because this person was so shocked and horrified by having to do this that chicken suffered a lot and they had to eat the chicken as well and they described that meat as being tough and chewing just because of the stress the animal goes through if you look at uh, a steak the tenderest part of the steak is where there's the least amount of work that's done on it. Yeah, so I mean, torturing it's, it's, animals just yeah. meat is not true. They have right. been lied to. But that, yeah, I mean that is but what they, they that is what they believe, and and to them it tastes good. They might have different taste preferences than people in in Western culture, just like you know people in uh, in the U.S. might not like to eat. I don't know live mice which no. i've seen people eat in other parts of the world the ideal would be let's not kill a chicken at all let's eat plant-based and play some rugby uh, okay so you want to respond yeah to, uh... so i want to answer that question um i would be more outraged to watch somebody stomp down a flower for no reason than to slaughter a dog for meat if you're talking about slaughtering the dog for fun or anything other than eating it, then yeah, I'm outraged as hell. But if you're just talking about eating the dog like any other animal, I don't care. I want to eat Torturing any creature is wrong, even if it's a plant. So if I want to eat the flower, that's okay. Yeah, if you want to eat the flower, I don't care. But stomping on a flower for fun is more morally abhorrent than killing a dog to eat the dog in your view. Yes, sir. Okay. I guess that's another reductio on your, your point. Like... <laughs> Killing a non-sentient being is more morally abhorrent than killing a sentient being. You're you're drawing that line. First of all, I don't agree with your your, your uh, framing of the sentience. But even if I did, it's still arbitrary, and it's still life forms that I value. I value all life forms for their for their utility. We're not experts on plants on plant feelings, so we draw on science. We draw on what's available to us. We defer to the professionals. I mean, of course, yeah, we don't go around just cutting down trees willy nilly. Yeah. Yeah, but if you, if you follow the science, if you look at the most recent cutting-edge stuff, then you'll see that plants are way more sentient than you give them credit for. They're not sentient at all. They're intelligent. Randy. They are able to communicate. Okay, so we really need to talk about the definitions, but I guess it's a whole other debate. Yeah. Right, just go ahead. Let's, let's give the, uh, the, the non-vegans the last word on that question. Do you have anything else to say uh, in response to that question? I'm good. No? All right. Sunflower no. uh, directs this question at Brian. Uh, whether or not one eats McDonald's is irrelevant. That is a textbook ad hominem. Would you call an alcoholic who says alcohol is harmful a hypocrite? Well, are you, so you're admitting that McDonald's is harmful? Yeah, I did that earlier. Yes. But we're... Hold on, we're talking about following a moral framework uh, or, or, or advocating for a moral framework that you're not following. So factually speaking, does alcohol do harm to the human body? Yes. If a person chooses to do harm to their own body via alcohol, that's not a moral issue. We're talking about morality. So it's not a very good um, analogy. analogy. Like, we can agree, factually speaking, that alcohol does damage to the human body, but your body is your body. If you want to do damage via alcohol to your body, it's, it's yours. But we're talking, when you eat at McDonald's, you're talking about someone else's body and most likely many other beings' bodies. Okay.
Uh, we have another super chat from Germania who asks, uh, if aliens ask you why they shouldn't eat you or other humans, what argument would you give to convince them not to? Could you uh, could your answer apply to cows and pigs too? I'm assuming this is directed at the non-vegans. I could say, please don't eat me. Let's hear that from the cow. What if they don't speak your language? <laughs> if they're advanced well, aliens, they don't speak my speak language, language, and they're not that advanced, and they probably they don't exist. From a different too ridiculous. Their own evolution. I mean, there's I, no way that aliens yeah, exist and they can get here know. and can't understand us. Well, you're saying if aliens get here, they must be able to speak English. It's a they will find if they can figure out how to traverse the galaxy. I mean, I don't know if you know how big space is, but that's a huge feat. Understanding English is probably not going to be that difficult for them. Yes. Well, what they would probably have is they would translate the sound waves into something they could understand. I think that. I mean, we do they have dictionaries online. That that up yeah. Expressions or screaming mm -hmm. or yelling, but still, they might just think they're better than us and yeah. deserve better or deserve to, you know, to get their way. Who knows? They could be they bigger and stronger than us. We they could do be, whatever. Yeah. We could try our best to convince them, and they might still decide to eat us. And that's the circle of life. Well, no. Well, until we have. <laughs> All right, all right. So that seems we to have, be uh, the last of the super chats, and we have uh, some closing remarks uh, from either side. Um, Anna and Brian started it all, so we'll let them end. So Brian and Kaz, uh, up to you. Uh, some uh, closing remarks. Closing. Uh, who first? Uh, well, I just want to say that um, yeah, yeah. I will be on my Discord, uh, factitionless seven eight eight five. If you guys want to talk to me or argue about this some more after this is over with, I don't know if it's in the description or not, but uh, that's where I'll be. It should be in the description. Uh, David? Yeah, um, my close off, I just, um, in regards to the alien question, I would say that uh, just like what happened with cows and chickens and pigs and sheep, um, if the aliens decided to farm us for our meat, I'm sure there would be humans that would comply and they would breed for compliance. Um, I don't think I'd be one of the compliant ones. That's as much as I can say. Um, if they decided to do that and we're part of the food chain, well, c'est la vie. Who in the super chat would comply <laughs> to die for the aliens? I don't know. I mean, either way, if we don't all learn to work together, we're all going to go extinct anyways. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. It's all going to be a moot point eventually. We need to learn how. So, I mean, we need to learn certain lessons from the vegans, no matter what, just because we definitely need to be efficient with our food processing and uh, development, et cetera, et cetera. We need to uh, start being more conscious about the environment and worry about climate change and whatnot, because if this whole world becomes ice age one day or whatever happens, there's going to be a lot less plants for us to eat anyways. Okay. We just got a, another super chat in from Mark. Uh, and he asks, what do we do with all the animals who reproduce with abandon after we stop eating and hunting them? Do we give them jobs? Do we call them genetically? We addressed this in the debate. Um, realistically speaking, the world will not go vegan overnight, unfortunately. Um, it's probably going to go the way of the horse and carriage industry or the typewriter industry as one technology takes over. The other technology slowly weans itself out of existence. So 
the more people that buy plant-based foods and the more pe uh, the fewer people that buy animal-based foods, uh, the, the fewer animals that will be bred into existence. But what happens when they start breeding themselves? When we let the last couple cows go and then they go off and start their whole new lineage of super cows with no predators to eat them and they start eating our crops and they start eating our vegan food and trampling them, they, they tear down our fences and whatnot. Are we going to kill them? What are we going to do to them? That's, that's assuming that that's what we're going to do with the cows. I think our focus is getting people to stop needlessly breeding and exploiting and mutilating and torturing and killing cows at the age of one year old, um, just for 15 minutes of pleasure. And then when it's a realistic idea, okay, hey, we have a few cows left, what do we do with them? Then we can address that. But the world's not gonna go vegan overnight. Unfortunately, yeah. it's unfortunate. All right. In, it's so much more than 15 minutes. Uh, did y'all wanna have a, a closing remark on Honor and Brian? Uh, closing remarks, I think um, we just say, yeah, you can you can check out our channel on YouTube if you want to see more of our content, if you like what we have to say. Um, uh, we're Those Annoying Vegans on YouTube. And yeah, if you have any questions, if you if you, you know, we're we're of the belief that we tackle everything one conversation at a time. And mm -hmm. and that's why we love <laughs> and that's why we love these debates because they're discussions you know we don't have these uh, these used to be more common back in the day mm -hmm. right um and i think addressing questions or concerns or you know don't be afraid of, of being judged or anything like that we're we're not we're not here to judge you yeah we, you know we have um an instagram sometimes we post inflammatory memes it might upset some people, but that's a good sign. That means it's getting you thinking. Yeah. And if you have, you know, anything, any questions at all, just let us know. Like Kaz, yeah. we're interested in the facts as well. And we would just ask you, like, if you are currently choosing to eat animal products, ask yourself why. Why are because you I like them? Yes. And then ask yourself, is that a good enough reason to contribute to needless suffering? And if you disagree with what you're paying for, then stop paying for it. Yeah. I mean, and if it's so natural, if it's so common, if it's something we were always meant to do, then you should be able to sit through Earthlings or Dominion and not shed a tear. Oh, I can. I totally can. I've been, I've been in Iraq, dude. I was a medic. I, I can see blood. It's no big deal. <laughs> well, actually, one of the security guards we met at one of the slaughterhouses we worked at was also ex-military, and uh, he found it pretty... Um, a, li a little bit easier to to see the things that most people would not be able to witness yeah all right with that we're going to wrap this up this was an epic debate uh I enjoyed uh hearing you guys uh converse uh it, for the most part well overall is very respectful everybody gave each other a chance to speak uh we had a little uh technical difficulties with david's feed but it was awesome we definitely appreciate having him here and everyone and everyone else Thank you. I salute you, David, Kaz, Anna, Brian. Awesome. Thank you. Guys you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Really nice Thank you guys for coming. It was a good discussion. Yeah. Everyone. Have a good right. night or day. <laughs> <laughs> Praise my producers. Uh, should be rolling the credits. They might still hear us. We have been hot mic before. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we ended yet, but uh. I mean, Fraser, are you there?
<laughs> do we leave now? Do we X out? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just try Xing out. Um, All right. Okay. Bye, guys. See you later. <laughs> All right. Hey, David, you want to uh, meet me on Discord and have a chat afterwards, or? Yeah. Busy. You gotta go to bed. Yeah, I'll be. Um, I don't know. Left, but yeah, let's go for it. Okay, I'm gonna be out of here. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big